Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Here to introduce you to the great musicians and music businesses and organizations of Wisconsin. Every week, Wisconsin Music Podcast will be bringing you great information on what's happening in the Wisconsin music world. For our music-loving listeners, we'll bring you music that you haven't even heard of yet from unique and talented artists and hear about their journey so far. You'll either hear live performances of their songs or songs from their selected discography. For our musicians out there wondering what they can do to further their recognition, we'll be calling upon Wisconsin music businesses and organizations to enlighten you on what they're doing to help further your music journey. And now, here's your host, Zach. Thanks, Dean. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Music Podcast. I hope everyone had a great weekend. My wife and I got a chance to go see Trevor Noah at the United Center down in Chicago on Saturday night. That was a great time just to get out and do something a little bit normal again. So I hope everyone's still being safe and healthy out there. I think we're going to get right into the bio of today's guest. This week we have Kanita Hickman. She is an urban cultural micro-influencer, writer, content producer, and executive producer. She is the chief culture curator for Katera, C-A-T-E-R-A, formerly known as KISS, K-I-S, Communications, a culture development and media company where she supports musicians, creatives, and politicians. Her 22-year career includes freelance journalists, artist manager, and public relations specialist. She currently works at Katera as a brand strategist, project manager, and events producer for creatives. She also currently produces and hosts Artist Eats Culture Series for independent musicians and local food. She serves as a board member for Hashtag I Voted and the Milwaukee Theater Alliance. Prior to her work at Katera, she wrote for various music publications, including Urbanology, Relevant, and The Source and served as Director of Artist Support and Outreach for an arts nonprofit. Previous board work includes Above the Clouds, Repairs of the Breach, and was also the Vice President of Whammy for a while. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Thank you for having me. Very, very excited to be here. I'm glad that you're excited. I never thought anybody would be excited to talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) I think anytime you can talk about um, what's happening in Wisconsin and what's happening in the music scene, it's always great. Yeah. And it's always great to meet uh, podcasters, frankly, because you guys are really becoming that new wave of reporters um, and, and, and the exchange of getting information out. So super excited to be here. Well, thank you so much. Why don't we start with your music origin story? How did you get into music, you know, from childhood up to today? Kind of like give us a a summary of all that's music for you. Mm, Well, I definitely grew up in a musical home and I feel like my life is just always, there's always been music. My mother listened to everything from Madonna to like eighties, nineties, R and B to rap to like sixties gospel, like just everything. And then of course I'm growing up in the nineties. I, you know, was like immersed in just like hip hop and alternative music um, with my friends. So I've always just been around all different types of music. Started off writing for different, like my first teen publication at like age 14. 
And I knew I wanted to, my plan was to be like the black girl version of Carson Daly. I wanted to be the black lady, Carson Daly. And so I wanted to, um, (laughs) and so I wanted to um, really kind of tackle print journalism, radio, and then TV. I'd say around age 21, I was writing for a variety of publications freelance and noticed that I was not really writing about Milwaukee artists in these national publications. And so my foray really into working with independent musicians was I started doing their press kits and bios for free okay, and then submitting them to my editor so that I could get them in the publication. And it just kind of went from there. I started artist management and PR and now I own Katera, which is a brand strategy and management company, and I host a music series called Artist Eats. Excellent. So you have a lot going on as well. I do. I do. Um, I recently left my full-time job to pursue being full-time at my company full-time. So it's, it's been quite a journey the past 12 weeks for sure. Wow. 12 weeks into it. But how long has the company been around? Um, so Kiss Communication started, which is what the company was originally called, started back in 2008. And again, it was PR company for independent musicians. Um, I hosted a music showcase under there for independent artists. So much of my adult life has been focused on independent musicians, specifically the hip hop and R&B space, because the opportunities for those artists just look very different from some of our um, other genre counterparts here in Milwaukee. Okay. And so why don't you kind of give us your mission statement? So Katera helps independent creatives to be seen and heard. And so through my work, sometimes that's working with a client one-on-one brand strategy, branding campaign. Um, Other times, though, it's working with a business to curate a music event that connects them to independent creators. Nice. um, And where independent creators can get paid. Excellent. So... Why don't you kind of give the listeners a step-by-step approach for someone, an artist that you would work with, and then we can do um, another one where you would work with a business. Yeah. So I think one example with an artist, you know, um, I have an artist who um, is looking to put together an album. And so actually better example, I have an artist who's getting ready to release an album and reached out and said, well, I want to do a release party. And so um, looking at their social media, we talk about the numbers, what's like their highest engagement. Going from there, I talked with the artist about, is this going to be virtual or in person? I mean, we are still technically in a pandemic um, and we should have kind of a contingency plan to be able to execute a solid show in both spaces. And so that's really the work, the event production of the show, finding folks who can help us promote the show. Sometimes that's other artists on the bill. Sometimes that, that's just other artists who love our music. And so how do we build a little bit of a groundswell and how do we also engage um, the media, both traditional and non-traditional, which again includes folks like yourself, the podcast audience, to kind of help us spread the message. Okay. For a business, what, what it's looked like for me is, we want to do a music event. Can you help us? Sure. Um, what type of artist are you looking for? 
What genres do you want represented? What's your timeline? What's your budget? Are you paying the artist? Are you feeding the artist? What's their sets? And so really like helping them plan the set time, helping them plan the execution, helping them thinking about load in and load off, loading out, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And then the actual execution of putting that event together. So how many people do you have that work with your company? So I have contractors. Okay. And I have, ah, it depends. Let's see. So I have about two videographers that I go between. I have about three photographers that I go between. I have a stylist. I have a makeup artist. I have a music administrator, Um, everybody who um, so switching gears and talking about Artist Eats, which is a culture series where I interview independent musicians at local restaurants. My music administrator, their role is to make sure the artist is registered with a performance rights organization so that when their music is played on our show, they can submit their cue cards or their cue sheet and be able to get money for the work we're doing on our end. So I mean, we're a small team, maybe about six or seven total. Okay. So that's actually probably a really good number for, for you right now. Cause when did you change? You said 12 weeks was when you changed the name over to what it's called now. Oh, so the name change happened about 2016, 2017 to oh, okay. Katera. Okay. And part of it was because I reached out to a lawyer and, um, you know, because the company was called Kiss Communications. There could have been a a medium risk of opportunity that folks would confuse my company for the band. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we just went with a different name to kind of help make sure that that didn't happen. And luckily for me, um, at that point, the name was not well known enough where doing a name change was going to be create um, some significant challenges for me. Okay. So... 2016, around 2016 is when you changed it to Katera from KISS. I was thinking you, you, it was a, an acronym for like, keep it simple. <laughs> That's actually what it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. I was sitting in the kitchen with my mom. Yeah, I was sitting in the kitchen with my mom. So my uh, nickname is Casey. Okay. And so um, my mom was like, "We sh- you should call it KISS Communications because it has Casey in it. Right, right. Um, but also... That's what you do. You keep it simple. And I was like, let's not put the stupid on the end, mom. And she's like, "Okay, we won't. So it was K.I.S. Communications. Um, But Katera is actually my middle name. Oh, okay. Which is where the C comes from. All right. All right. Yeah. And so we changed it to that. So it feels really cool to have a company that's also named after me. Excellent. Let's get a little bit more in depth in what what you did. I know you kind of glanced over, gave, you know, the bullet points of what your company does, but someone's listening to this and they're like, okay, what's the elevator pitch? What's going to really make me want to call your company and go, and this is going to be my top three of the companies that I'm going to call. That's going to really outshine everybody else. Well, I mean, Katera, again, we help independent creatives to be seen and heard. So it's musicians, it's podcasters, right. Right. Authors. We want, we, the leg is really, the leg is really bad on this. So I'm sorry if I keep bumping into you there. No, you're fine. You're fine. I think to get to your point though, the, the truth of the matter is here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, there isn't any support system to help artists, to help creatives think about their brand specifically. 
and support with event production and project design of their events. And you need it. You know, whether you're putting together a small media campaign, whether you're looking to put together a small regional tour, you need somebody who can really help run logistics and run points so that you can do what you're great at, which is create music. And I want to be clear, I am not a musician. That is not my ministry. And so you call Katera when you are saying this is the destination I want to get to. And I'm really unsure of the pathway. And we help create the pathway to get you to that destination. Using, again, event production and curation, brand strategy, brand analysis, and project design. Ultimately, we are very much so solutions-based. Excellent. Cool. I think that's what people are really looking for. They they need a detail like that of what the company is actually going to do for them. Not, you know, just some flashy bullet points, but what they're actually that company is actually going to do to help them get to that next step as long as they're ready to put in the work as well. Absolutely. And I think it's important to think about for me, you know, going full time was important because we really just lack that infrastructure. And, you know, I would hate for Milwaukee artists to feel like they have to go to Chicago or have to go to Minneapolis. And certainly I've worked with artists and we have worked with people in those places. Those are fantastic markets. But a city that has the world's largest music festival should have an infrastructure to support independent creatives and independent musicians. Totally agree. Totally agree. That's one of the reasons why I started this podcast was just to be another voice for Wisconsin musicians, businesses, and organizations to get more recognition. And I think that's what Wisconsin has been lacking for a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. And so, you know, I hope that folks like you with your podcast and other folks with podcasts, I hope that we're able to figure out how do we, you know, one thing that intrigues me about podcasts is that you guys naturally have this, you naturally have this opportunity to like moderate panels and things like that. And so I do a lot of emceeing of events and panels. And I'm always curious, like, well, why wouldn't they just hire a podcaster? And what is my role in passing these opportunities onto podcasters where there's this very natural like pathway where they could take on some of this work too? Yeah, it's, you know, I, I just started this about a year ago. So obviously I don't have all the answers or, you know, a lot of ties. I mean, I have some ties, but not a lot of ties in the media. But I'm hoping as this grows and and other um, solutions, other podcasts are in Wisconsin and other formats are going to, I don't want to say rise up, but basically form a coalition to help local, you know, Wisconsin musicians get, like I said earlier, get better recognition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our music, our music industry is so vast here in Milwaukee, here in Wisconsin. I mean, you got the um, Ian up in um, Appleton doing Mile of Music and what that's really grown into over the years. I actually, again, a lot of my work is in hip hop and R and R&B and supporting those genres in Milwaukee. But I was vice president of Whammy for a few years, and that allowed okay. me to learn about the folk scene and polka and Americana. And so just knowing just how vast our music scene and and really and how incredible it is, we need to begin building in those channels to help artists not only make money here in Milwaukee, but beyond. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree. I don't know if I missed this earlier when you were talking about when you first started talking about Katera. 
are you covering all majority of genres or are you niching down to certain genres for for the, your for your clients? Um, all genres, honestly. I mean, because the the work is in if if a heavy metal group comes or an alternative rock group comes in, it's just really drilling down and finding the podcasts that are going to be relevant to them, finding the blogs that are going to be relevant to them and really positioning their story. But I think as a black woman in this space who's been in this music industry for a while it, locally, like it's always important for me to create room for black and brown artists wherever I am. So I'm not exclusive, but I'm absolutely inclusive. There has to be room for them as well. And I think, you know, for so many years, I spent a lot of time talking about like branding artists and really when I'm talking about branding artists, I'm, I'm talking about how do I take you beyond just being on stage? How do I help you advocate for um, a nonprofit ex- organization that's really near and dear to you, right? I recently ended um, a campaign, um, and it was actually a lingerie campaign for a store here in Milwaukee. And That's something that a lot of independent artists aren't doing. Why aren't we connecting independent artists to regional stores, to local stores and allowing them to serve as brand ambassadors? To me, I think that's a that's an incredibly important pathway that, again, we have to explore to give our artists time to be the space to be more than just on stage. It's interesting. I, you know, I would never have thought of putting a artist together with a store like a lingerie store. So how, how out of the box thinking, how does that come together? How, how did that work? Well, I'm a customer at the store okay, and um, I've been a customer for years and me and the store owner built a friendship. So she knew that I owned a brand company and frankly, I was just bringing people into the store. I was bringing my friends in. Um, Sometimes she was, you know, shutting down the store for us to come in and shop type of thing. And one day during the pandemic, so this is maybe June 2020, she's like, look, I really love for you, Kenita, to be a brand ambassador for the company and I'm for my store. And I'm like, great. I would love for my company to be able to put together a campaign. So it was a 10 month campaign. And we again, the pathway was we figured out what the target was. Who were we looking to talk to? In this instance, we wanted to talk to plus size women. We wanted to talk to women of color and frankly, wanted to introduce more of my network to the store. And so that's what we did. Um, So my team was able to work during the pandemic because we were working on um, this campaign. Oh, I forgot one person on the team, my incredible graphic designer who's been with me for um, seven years. Absolutely incredible. So, okay, But yes, we worked. um, We did that for 10 months and really just explored what did it mean to show lingerie in different spaces? So we did lingerie shoots in gardens. We did lingerie shoots in industrial buildings. And it was really about exploring that space of what's possible for a Milwaukee-based store and trying to show the possibilities of what artists can do and the influence they can bring to small businesses. We were studying the analytics. We knew people were coming into the store. We were getting a lot of this anecdotal feedback in my DMs, you know, of women saying, you know, I went to the store for the first time and I bought three pieces. So there's a lot of value, I think, for connecting our independent artists in that way. 
Another project I'm working on is actually with um, another client that's a nonprofit advocacy group. And I'm building out their program to work with independent musicians in the, by way of, again, brand ambassadorship. And so I do think that this is a lane that in a few years, I'll be able to help connect more artists to. Excellent. Hypothetically, I'm just trying to think of a, like another example that you could create. Like, say a recording studio contacted you. What do you think you would do to help them get more clients to know of of that recording studio say the recording studio just started who knows maybe two or three years ago but still is having trouble getting clients so i would want to know what type of clients they were interested in first and foremost you know so are they looking to work with clients in a specific geographic area are they looking to kind of brand themselves as the destination to get your music recorded and mastered and engineered regardless of, of genre? Um, are they looking to work with specific genres? From there, I would want to put together a campaign that allowed them to build a relationship with those people. The truth of the matter is people spend money with people and businesses and brands that they have relationships with, that they feel like they know and like. And that they feel like they have shared values with, right? So for a consumer to use this particular recording studio, first of all, you have to have top-notch work, right? So you have to meet Mm -hmm. the need. But also they've got to like you. You know what I'm saying? And so like (laughs) the only, but it's like the only way that people can get to know you is by you building content that allows people to know who you are. And so what I found with, businesses and musicians is that the idea of putting out content artists just here put out content so I need to put out new music I need to do this I need to do that and it's like no there has to be a little bit of depth to it though people have to feel like they're getting to know you through that music or through that post in order to one say whether you can get access to their money or not and two should I be talking to my other friends about you so that would be my pathway how do we build a campaign that and build evergreen content. So content that you can use over and over to get folks to know who you are. That sounds exactly what needs to be done. I I can't argue with anything, any points you just did there. Cause I, I totally agree <laughs> with everything you said there. Yeah. It's, I think, especially in music, it has to be a, a relationship. You have to have trust between who you're working with and what you want to accomplish in the end. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, it is a struggle for me. I, I'm very relational. And so when I mentioned my graphic designer who I've been working with, Nicole, it's been seven years. One of my lead videographers and photographers, Chris, it's been about four or five years. So I, I like to build relationships with people. Again, you mentioned trust. I like to, I, I have to trust the people that are on the team. And if you mm-hmm. are doing solid work and we can, make some jokes together every once in a while, <laughs> you can you can kick it and I can make sure that you get money and that I talk to other people about your work. And I think that relationship between artist and recording studio is almost just as sacred, right? Yeah. Because you yep. want, you, you know, you're spending hours and hours in there getting this work done and it's work that is very central and near and dear to you. Yeah, that's, that's an important relationship. Absolutely, absolutely. And how would you, would you view it differently when you're working with an artist compared to helping a business out as in 
would you follow pretty much the same kind of steps, the evergreen and creating trust between the artists and the and their fans, you know, so on and so forth? Or would there be a couple other other steps that you would take differently? I mean, more or less, I think with some artists, some of the conversations I've had have been like, well, what are your other interests? Right. Because all of the content you put out doesn't have to be about you, doesn't have to be about music. It could be about something that's important to you. Are there other organizations that we can begin talking to that make sense for us to partner with that helps you spread that message a little farther, right? Right. Oftentimes we think about engaging with the press by way of, hey, my business just opened. Hey, I've got an album coming out. Like, hey, do a review, But these publications and your podcast, you know, you just need content. Right. And so how Mm -hmm. can we mine for other stories that allow you to talk a little bit about your music, but allow you to talk about this other thing as well? And we see our national and international artists do it all the time. It's really taking that playbook and making it relatable to independent artists. You definitely know your stuff. I mean, everything you've said so far just makes complete sense. Oh, thank you. That makes me feel (laughs) so good because I mean, it does because, you know, years ago, these were just ideas in this tiny black girl's head. Right. And people are like, Kenita, what are you talking about? (laughs) And it's like, no, guys, this could really, really work. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and definitely, you know, you, you sound very passionate about it, which is, I think, key to a lot of successful businesses is that you have to be that way. Otherwise, I mean, I guess you could be successful without being that way, but I wouldn't want to be that way. I would want to be passionate about what I'm doing. Yeah, I kind of think this is my life's work. Honestly, I'm so passionate about independent artists, independent creatives, independent creators like yourself. I'm so incredibly passionate about y'all being able to have a pathway to do the work you love that makes your heart sing and trying to find the money that allows you to do that. And so I'm just trying to do my part while I'm here on earth to use my talents and skill sets by way of that, that end to help. Right. Yeah. I kind of mentioned this earlier is like Emily White, who was on the pot at the time of this recording was on a couple of weeks ago, but I recorded it like a few months ago. How did you and her get kind of connected and work together? Okay. So I was managing this rock band called, (laughs) called the elusive parallelograms. And um, they did a name change to the tape vendors because elusive parallelograms, super hard to spell. And so um, the band leader and his mom and I built a friendship. She just kept saying, you got to meet Emily White, got to meet Emily White and never really got around to it. Fast forward to 2018 and I decide I want to do a civic engagement, get out the vote initiative powered by independent musicians how do it how can independent musicians help to get the word out to vote read an article in billboard that emily is doing hashtag i voted nationally and so for Mm -hmm. for folks who missed that episode it's you know essentially it was free concerts on election night all over the country and you could you could attend the concert for free and so i reached out to her said, how can I support what you're doing? I'm doing something similar, similarly in Milwaukee, though not quite. And she's like, I'd love to have your support. I'd love to sponsor it. And so we built a relationship from there. 
Um, she's an incredible partner, incredible person. And while we're talking about Emily, I have to talk about her mom because her mom is just freaking amazeballs. So I got to meet her as well during this process. And I mean, really uh, couldn't meet two more incredibly um, lovely women. Fantastic. When you're working with when you were working with Emily and, and supporting the I vote, was, was there anything that you learned or that she learned from you during the process? You know, I am actually going to have to text her that tonight and be like, did you learn anything from me? I think <laughs> what I learned from her was I loved seeing her be so passionate about something. And now I'm a board member of hashtag I voted and seeing how passionate she was about this initiative that she was putting together and seeing how she's been very like meticulous and steadfast and getting it together and really turning it into this tangible thing over the past few years. I think it just encourages me to continue to follow my passion as well. So many of the the folks. So when I first started managing artists, I was absolutely like the only woman and for sure the only black woman in local music here in Milwaukee. And so many of those men have stopped managing artists because, you know, they may have had some of the more successful groups, but eventually the money dried up and people's interests just faded. I think I have this really stubborn streak in me that I'm like, dreams should never die and so like i i wake up in the morning like how do i give this dream more wings even though it's may not be paying me but that steadfastness that i again um saw see in emily has been the thing that's allowed me to get this far and being so steadfast have you found that it's you're usually successful even if it's not as lucrative as you were hoping it would be or just not as lucrative as it should have been? Oh, absolutely. I mean, on the one hand, the artists that I talk to and meet with, even when I'm just meeting with them for free over a cup of coffee, because I encourage artists to call me and just ask questions, it's helpful for them. It's helpful information for them. It's helpful for me, I believe, in giving out the information because really how, what does it benefit me to hold on to information that could help somebody else? Like it doesn't. The more information I can give out, the more information, new information I can take in. And so I want to give it away so that I can get more. So, yeah, no, I find that it's helpful. But also, I think because I've stuck with it so long, these other pathways have opened up for me. Like the job that I left, I left a director role at an arts organization, which I never thought at 23 that I would even be qualified for something like that. (laughs) But it's because I've stuck with it. Yeah. Right. Right. What about I know, hopefully, you know, this roller coaster that we have with this pandemic up and down, up and down. Hopefully we're getting to the point where the ride, quote unquote, ride of this is getting towards the end. What do you kind of see in the next three to five years for for Katera? So for me, next three to five years, I certainly see Artist Eats, my music series, being an international platform for independent musicians and for local restaurants. And so what I hope is that as artists are looking to come into town, they are, or come into a town, especially Milwaukee, that they are coming to our website to see what artists should they be checking out? What local venues should they be going to? And what local restaurants should they be consuming while they're here in town? 
but again, internationally, right? Because I want to be able to engage this in other spaces. Um, yeah. I also see myself, see Katera becoming um, a touring and logistics company. I really want to help artists get on the road. And so, you know, we have a, a podcast here in Milwaukee called uh, Geek Set. Okay. And Geek Set is the first podcast to blend hip hop and like geek culture. And so I would love to help them go on tour, a regional tour, a national tour, doing what they do in studio in all of these other places, maybe smaller venues. So maybe not like the uh, the AmFam stadium. Right. But what does it look like for in, <laughs> what does it look like for independent artists, independent theater companies, independent musicians, podcasters, authors to be able to tour in that way and connect with artists? So th that's what I see in addition to brand strategy and management. I want to expand out that way and and have a footprint there in the marketplace, too. Nice. Very nice. Let's talk about local scene attitude. I mean, obviously, you've been out and about over the years, you know, seeing, you know, musicians perform at different venues. What kind? What's your takeaway from the local scene attitude? We could talk about positives and then also the negatives, if you'd like. Um, I think... The positives are that artists are hungry to build content and be properly compensated. I think there's a hunger for that. I think there's a longing for that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that consumers, businesses, nonprofits, we just have to figure out how do we create the opportunities for that. So if you're opening up a new restaurant and you recognize your restaurants, are, your, your walls are bare, how do you connect with a local artist, right? How do we how do we create um, the opportunities for the artwork to rotate? If you have a restaurant and you're playing music, I'm just going to put this out there. How do you have artists eat, curate a playlist for your restaurant of Milwaukee based music? Like, I think I think what's lacking is this space of imagination. And I think part of it is because. We don't always value our talent, I, and I'm, I've used the word local on here, but I typically don't. I usually use city-based, Milwaukee-based, right? Because okay. our artists are here by choice. So Wisconsin-based. So mm -hmm. like, how do we, how do we value our Milwaukee-based, Wisconsin-based, Racine-based artists differently, where we value them in the same way that we value whoever your favorite mainstream artist is. I think that's lacking because I think there's a disconnect in seeing those arts as being equal versus one being inferior to the other. Nice. Yeah. That, that's, I haven't had anybody really answer that question that way. And that's, that's actually thought provoking. It's just like, yeah. How, how do you do that? You know, I, for me, I'm doing my part, right? So even as mm -hmm. I talk to you, I have about four original artworks in my home from Milwaukee-based visual artists. I listen to podcasts, obviously, by Milwaukee-based podcasters. I think we just have to continue to be imaginative and, frankly, I think suggest ideas, right? Because sometimes it's just that the person hasn't thought of that idea yet. And so when you approach it, you you mention it at a meeting. It's like, huh, maybe we could do curated playlists in the cafeteria. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to have like a Milwaukee hour of music. And yeah, we could do that. We could create that on our, our Spotify or whatever. And so I think it's really thinking outside of the box. And frankly, I think that the pandemic should, that is how we should be viewing how we come out of the pandemic, right? We absolutely can't go back to no who we were, you know, February 27th, 2020. We absolutely have to think about all of these things differently and act differently. Yeah, I agree. I think we've, we kind of hit up the pause button a little bit in a lot of different areas in the world. And I think it's sprung up something different in a lot of different areas. And I think it just, they're like seedlings now and it just needs to grow and find its way to where it needs to become strong enough to carry its carry a, a new life i guess and i think i think seedlings the the concept of that is really good because it's about how do we create these seeds of opportunities and plant these seeds and watch them right. grow i was um at the art museum and i had booked an artist there a group called popa de gaiaba and i was having a conversation with one of the men in the group and he was asking me like, well, how did you get into event production and that type of thing? Because um, I would love to do that. And I DM'd him later that evening. And I was just like, look, I really hope you pursue this, right? Because I don't speak Spanish. So there's a whole market that I can't touch, that right. I, can't, I can't help, you know, folks who speak Spanish go on tour, Right. I can't because there's a there's a very clear language barrier there. Yeah. That I can't I can't, you know, so like it's also not being afraid of collaborating with other people. It's also not being afraid of other people coming into the space. There's so many artists here in Milwaukee and beyond, like just the independent artist sector is so huge. We need more people to come in and help with this work. Katera cannot take all the work. Right. 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 So like. So, like, we need to encourage people to come in and, and yes, pursue your dream. If you love event production, if you're thinking about starting a touring company, you should do that because yeah. there's enough money out here for all of us to to make it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, I mean, and you kind of touched a little bit both on the negatives and the positives of the local scene. Was there anything else you wanted to add to either side of that coin? No. Well, okay. yes. I'll say okay. I think Milwaukee... On the positive side, I'll say Milwaukee is, to me, I think always this place of hope, right? Because there's so, in some ways, there's not enough that exists that I think the opportunities are endless for what could be. And so I, I have hope that enough of us will come together and just start throwing stuff on the wall and see what sticks. Nice. Yep. I, I agree. So as listeners are listening to this, where can they find more information on Katera and, you know, the business or the services that you provide for local artists? Absolutely. So you can definitely find me on LinkedIn. So creatives, if you are listening, if you do not have a LinkedIn page, LinkedIn is a space for creatives. You need to be there. That's where you will find me. Do not try to find me on Facebook and be creeping in my DM because I am funny <laughs> acting and I do not respond to friend requests. So if you want to talk to me, 
Find me on LinkedIn at Kanita Hickman. You can also find me on Instagram at Artist Eats, where you can check out our show and the performances and express interest in being on an episode. Excellent. Excellent. A couple more questions before I let you go. Work-life balance. Are you able to work that pretty well or is it kind of a struggle for you? I'm just beginning, actually. I think leaving the salaried job has given me this confidence and it's also allowed me to imagine the life that I want. So I don't want to have, I don't want to have to work to support a lifestyle. I want my lifestyle to support work. So how do I just wake up every day and do work that I love? That means a lot to me that supports people I love and care about, but also that allows me to work with people I love and care about. And so I think I'm really just 12 weeks into that journey of exploring. I recognize that I really don't like to talk to people before 11 (laughs) a.m. And so I am living that truth. But because I may start my work day at 11, I will work until 8 p.m., right? And so I give myself like half days on Fridays where I can just do company stuff because I have Nice um, clients throughout the week. And so, yeah, I'm just kind of exploring this journey of freedom and seeing where it takes me and testing again, testing out ideas. Excellent. Excellent. What about what's on your playlist right now? What artists are you listening to that maybe want to give shout outs to or, you know, just kind of let people know what what you're digging right now? So it's kind of a mix of mainstream and um, indie artists. So for sure, um, Normani's Wild Side with Cardi B. It is like it is living rent free in my head. Another artist I'm listening to is uh, Renz Young, who is a Milwaukee based hip hop artist. Love his new song that's out. Webster X 808 p.m. Love that song. Um, Those are probably the three artists that I'm almost kind of listening to on repeat. Let's see what else is on my playlist. And then there's like other stuff like the Isley Brothers and Be Free, who's another artist here in Milwaukee. She's had a really um, interesting summer, has released two um, really great singles that, again, have been like living rent free. I should also mention, too, Sean Hinton's Song of Freedom, which he released last summer. Still listening to that. That's actually okay. I'm going to tell your listeners like a secret about me. All right, go for it. Go I want to be <laughs> I want to be on Dancing with the Stars, but I only want to dance to like trap music, right? But nice. Sean Hinton is not a trap artist. Sean Hinton is actually a guitarist and singer, Milwaukee based, but he is also Mary J Blige's guitarist as well. But okay. Song of Freedom, one of my favorite songs. So I've been listening to that as well. So yeah, just it's it's a hodgepodge. I'm going to be honest with you. People do not like getting in my car because it will go from Cardi B's WAP to Ella Fitzgerald's Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. It's it's a yeah. mess. Nice, nice. I wouldn't mind listening to that playlist. I'm I'm kind of like the same way. I like to have a mix of all different kinds of music. You know, I try not to put things in genres. Obviously, there are genres, but you know, it's, if it's a good song or it's a bad song to me, you know, it's all opinion. Exactly. It's either good or it's bad. And if it's good, yeah. I'm going to play it out. Yes. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think unless there's something else I didn't get that I didn't ask you that you wanted to talk about, I can't think of anything else that would be pertinent to this conversation. 
No, I mean, that was it. I'm so thankful that um, you allowed me to be a part of your show. So thank you so much for the opportunity. I am so honored to have you on. I mean, it just it's, you know, looking back at this whole thing for, for a whole year of doing this, it's just it amazes me that there are people actually want to come on and just kind of talk about their music or their business or, you know, just trying. I mean, I know we're in the culture of content creation, which is great. I think it's a creative outlet. It's a new creative outlet for a lot of people. And I think it's something that hopefully is going to make society better. I know there's there's always good and bad to new new things, but I think hopefully it's going to be more more good than bad. I think so, too. I think so, too. And um, hopefully indie music will be here to save us all. Yes. <laughs> Well, Kadena, it was a pleasure, and I really mean that. It was a great pleasure talking with you today. I'm so glad that Emily got us in contact with each other. I hope that when this podcast comes out that you get a million excellent phone calls asking for your help to help grow your company and help grow Wisconsin music all around. Well, thank you so much. I can't wait for it to come out and can't wait to share it with my network. So thanks again. Thank you. Thank you so much to Kanita for being on the podcast today. And thank you all out there for listening to the podcast. I hope you learned something new. Hopefully you get in contact with Kanita when you need her services. And make sure you check out the Artist Eats program that she is involved with as well. A couple things coming up. We have the Wisconsin Musicians episode coming out of Holiday Songs. That should be coming out in a couple weeks. So make sure you listen for that on the upcoming Monday episode in December. I believe it's going to be December 20th. And if you're interested in being on the podcast, I do have a guest request form, a real short form. Just need your name and your email and send that off to me. And I'll send an auto email back to you asking for all your information that pertains to your organization, business, or performance group. If you're interested in any of my other ventures with ZTF Studio, either mixing, recording, editing, or any other audio issues that you may be in need of, you can contact me through my studio email, ztfstudio at gmail.com. Once again, that's ztfstudio at gmail.com. And you can also check out the website at ztfstudio.com. Have a great week, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving.